0: so what's cool and innocent about it is these original 10 kids never did this thinking anything would come of it they weren't trying to start any kind of prayer movement they were just innocently following their own conviction and their own burden to pray for their own school
1: what can happen when 10 students have a burden to pray for their school and follow through with that conviction what can happen when others are invited to pray what if the number of those who were invited were in the tens of thousands the world will feel the seismic shift.
2: I'm Jeff Eckert.
1: I'm Jason Brewer, and this is The Thought Factory.
0: The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org.
2: Hey, it's really good to be back with you guys this season for Thought Factory. Coming back again after an incredible summer. Jason and I, along with our crew, we traveled somewhere around 5,000 miles, right? It's always
1: about 5,000, sometimes 6. Not really sure.
2: We had an incredible summer at NTS camp. We met thousands of students. You're going to be even hearing from some of those in a few upcoming episodes.
1: We take the insight from the students when we gather the, the research, their thoughts, from uh, the summer and we allow those thoughts and those insights to kind of direct our our episodes for the podcast. And so yeah you'll hear the interviews as well as stats from just their answers.
2: So a lot of really good times this summer. hope you're coming back to a good season in your life. A lot of you listening are youth workers so you're jumping into a new season of ministry here for this school year. We had some great personal updates. Jason, you've got a big one in your life.
1: Yeah, I got a new driveway.
2: You did. One yeah. of your kids fell in your new driveway <laughs> as it was being paved. In wet cement.
1: Uh, but I'm, I'm going to guess that's not the update that you were no, inferring. No, it was no. not. No. Uh, when when you say big update, I, I'm assuming you're talking about my wife um, having a child. Yes. In her womb. Specifically
2: your child. Yeah. yeah. Both of yours. Yeah,
1: it would be Yes. half mine.
2: So number four, number four, on the way. baby
1: number four. People ask me all the time and my wife, are you going to find out the gender of our baby? And the answer is always yes. And then yeah. they're they're like, oh, what are you having? And I'm like, I don't know yet because it's not born.
2: Oh, you're finding out after. Yeah, I'll born.
1: find out eventually when it's born. And I mean, everyone finds out.
2: Now when our kids were born, we waited a week till after they were born to find that, out.
1: That's the way to go.
2: Yep. Then we did a big reveal.
1: Yeah. See, I I think it would be better if it was a big conceal. Like, invite everybody to a party and then not tell them the gender.
2: Yes. Do it. Start a trend. Okay. Start the revolution. Yep.
1: Here's cupcakes that are still filled with
2: chocolate filling. <laughs> with a mixture of blue and pink uh icing on top. Sounds like something you do. Hey, we've we've got some new things this year. We're excited coming into these next few episodes and this season. We're adding a little bonus segment at the end of this podcast every time about something specifically we're working on and we're really excited to share be sharing that with you. So that's like a little bonus content at the end of every episode that we'll be sharing with you.
1: If you feel tired of listening to us after about 30 minutes, you are free to just click pause and switch out of the podcast app. But if you are interested in this big announcement and the the information that we're going to give you after each episode, just let it continue running. Yeah,
2: just keep it rolling. We'd love to have you join us in this journey that we're going on over the next couple years leading up to the year 2020 so as always we want to thank you for listening to us. Our audience continues to grow and over the summer Jason informed me a few weeks ago he's looking at our stats. We're recording this, this will be out in September of 2018, but in August of 2018, and we haven't released an episode since May of 2018, but August of 2018 was our largest listenership that we've ever had in the history of this podcast in the first four seasons, which is kind of crazy.
1: In the last 2 years, it I mean the numbers have increased, and we've seen the stats. And But in the month of August alone, it just was a huge spike.
2: Yeah. If you're new, you're just joining us. We want to thank you for jumping in as we uh, learn from students, for students, about students. We've uh, we've just got some exciting things we're going to be talking about, but thank you to our growing audience. We're very grateful that you'd spend this time with us. So next episode, we're going to be talking about Well, we're going to be talking about things that happen in youth ministry that are unusual. Let's just put it that way. And if you're new joining us, we always say this, go back, check out our previous episodes as well to hear some of our uh, content from the past, catch up with us, and uh, we're ready to jump in for this season.
1: And lastly, if you want to get a hold of us, feel free to email us. We have not given away our email handles ever in the, the History of Thought Factory podcast. Let's do it. So... You can find me in my inbox at Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N. That's a Jason with a Y, not Jason, at NeverTheSame.org.
2: And I'm Jeff at NeverTheSame.org, and we'd love to hear from you. We hear from you different places on social media. Sometimes we meet people, a lot of listeners we know personally. But if you want to connect with us, questions, comments, suggestions, ideas for the podcast, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. If you're
1: really angry, that's fine.
2: Yeah, email Jason if yeah. you're really angry. Yeah.
1: I'll let you know.
2: As we get into this episode, this is this is an episode that I have uh, just envisioned and dreamed about for a long time because of these two dear brothers and their hearts for students, their hearts for this generation, and they were a part of, from the beginning, what I would consider um, one of the most miraculous prayer movements uh, in human history. And it's amazing, as we're going to dive in a little bit more into details and learn about how God really began to do something that was far beyond anyone's expectations that started simply with 10 students. And today we're honored to have two very special guests, Billy Beecham and Doug Clark. They are the national coordinators for See at the Pole. Billy Beecham leads a ministry out of Texas called Student Discipleship Ministries. And Doug Clark is one of the executive team members and staff at the National Network of Youth Ministry. And we are honored as they join us today to talk about this amazing thing and movement and the history of uh, what we know as See You at the Pole.
0: Well, back in the spring of 1990, there was uh, kind of a weekend retreat type setting around our city. Uh, some people are familiar with the phrase Disciple now where students meet in homes for a weekend, kind of like a weekend retreat, and then they come back together as a, as a group occasionally through the weekend. And uh, one of the home groups, just on a Saturday night, they they started on Friday, but on Saturday night, they just kind of got burdened during their prayer time to go out and pray at some staff members' homes from their church and at a couple of the schools, at the junior high and high school. And uh, there was about 10 students, some junior high, some high school. And a few days later, it was amazing to them. Uh, they, they really were burdened and, and had really given up some things before God in their prayer time that night. And it was just an amazing thing to them. Uh, So a few days later, the following Tuesday, a couple of us from our little city were in Dallas, Texas, at a meeting brainstorming about how can you take some of the excitement from summer camps and conferences and retreats and impact the campus with it. And we go, well, you know, a few days ago, there were some students in our town just got burdened to go out and pray at their their school. And uh, some others in the room said, you know, we've heard other places where students have just been getting burdened lately to want to go pray for their school. And so uh, a student, a similar student that happened to be in the room said, you know, every school's got a flagpole. That could be a common meeting place. We could just throw out a date at our next big evangelism conference and just challenge students to show up before school that morning and, and pray. Uh, to Just pray for their school. And we all kind of laugh it off. Uh, he, he even threw out the phrase. We could call it see you at the pole. And we just think it sounds corny and we all laugh it off. Well, it seems like every 10 or 15 minutes that keeps rolling back around. So after a while, somebody goes, huh, kind of has a ring to it. Well, let's try it. So we let that student, that seminary student, get up at Union Arena before 20,000 students a few months later. Um, it was right after the summer, actually. Uh, and I'm sorry, that was in the summer. That was in June. So this is a few months later. But we're going to challenge them to meet on a September morning, a September Wednesday morning at their schools before school and pray. And so he goes on the count of three, shout with me. I'll see you at the polls. So 20,000 kids, yell that out with him and I feel terrible. I'm kind of skeptic sometimes on these things, but I'm thinking, you know, if 5,000 of these students show up to pray at their flagpoles, I'll be shocked. I just thought too many of them would think it was corny or, or just wouldn't take it serious. Well, back then, we didn't have the technology we have now where you could set up little micro cassettes and record, and each tape would record an hour. So um, a friend of mine actually set the first machine up in his home. After that year, we got multiple machines to set up at our office, but uh students start calling in and saying you know at our flag, little they named their little city in their school and uh say we had prayed for for eight but 12 showed up and god came down you know just lots of little innocent pure stories from 10 kids 20 kids all, all kinds of numbers of students praying at their flagpoles and we kept having to change the cassette and the machine because they just kept calling in fact and by the way if you call and somebody's already talking to the machine you got a busy signal we had to re-put cassettes in that machines for three days a night. And when you added together the kids that called in, now who knows how many gave up after two or three days and didn't even call. But if you added up the ones that called in, 48,000 kids. We had the numbers of the name of the school, the name of the city, and how many kids were at their flagpole. So we just did a little report. We were stunned by it. I, I mean, I was really stunned. That's 10 times plus what I thought would happen. So we do a little report. Well, by the time we get to the national network meeting, so that's September. Now a few more months pass. And in January, we're in Colorado. And uh, Doug, who's on the phone, was there. And, and we go around the room the first night, and people report from all over the country to different regions. So whether it was Florida, uh, New York, I mean, a country, uh, California, wherever, they would end their report with, by the way, our kids heard what happened in Texas and uh, we're going to do this prayer deal, we're going to do this see at the Pole thing in our, in our town this next year, or in our state, or our region. So several of us get together that night from Network and Texas Baptist and our ministry, and we said, boy, we better come up with another date. <laughs> it looks like uh, this is thing's taken off. So what's so cool and innocent about it is these original 10 kids never did this thinking anything would come of it. They weren't trying to start any kind of prayer movement. They were just innocently following their own conviction and their own burden to pray for their own school. And when we shared it, we thought, well, maybe we'll try something once, never any plan to do it again, and certainly not expecting it to spread all over the nation and then the world. And uh, so it's just cool. Uh, to this day, I don't completely understand it. Uh, I guess my own take is two things that have helped it continue to do so well, because I never dreamed it would keep lasting year after year. I think one is everything you need to do, it's free online. You don't have to buy anything and a big one is i think a lot of students love being a part of something bigger than themselves and uh, whether there's just one or two or three at your student your campus that pray knowing you're a part of friends that share a similar burden praying with you all over the country and world i think is really inspiring to the students
3: yeah there's some teachable moments from what billy just shared and i think one of the things is that is that you can't orchestrate a move of the holy spirit but you can get ready for it. And you can set your heart like a sail. Uh, some people use the expression, you can set your sail for revival and, and then pray that the wind of the Holy Spirit will blow on it. And that's what happened. Um, to me, you think what a humble beginning for something that's impacted millions of students in 65 countries across the world since 1990. And it was just a group of freshmen, junior high, underclass students and two volunteers, the couple that led that, that were leading in that home were volunteer leaders. Chuck, uh, Sharp was a prison guard. I understand. And his wife was a haircutter. When I learned about see at the pole and the meeting that Billy suggested, I first heard about it in October. And then we discussed it some more in January of 1991 at the networks forum in, in Colorado. And it just, my brain just exploded and our director, a president of the network at that time, Paul Fleshman, asked me to do something with it because prayer with the network was a part of my responsibility. And I don't know anything about promotion, but I can't tell you anything that's ever been easier in my life than calling people throughout 1991 that year and saying, hey, this happened, can you commit to it? First response, oh yeah, we're in, our whole denomination is in, our entire FCA, our campus life, Youth for Christ is in. Uh, groups from all over the country were just jumping on top of it. That is a mark of the Holy Spirit working there. So you never know what's going to happen when you just are obedient, as these students and and volunteer leaders were in that Disciple Now in Burleson, and you never know what God's going to do with it. We we pray, uh, and I think this is for us currently today, God, move by your Holy Spirit. We ask you to move across our country again. Revive us again. Bring moral and spiritual awakening again because all of the orchestration, all of the planning, all the promotion in the world cannot create a revival. Only God can do it. I was in high school in the
1: late 90s and I remember participating in it. I actually still have a picture of myself and two of my best friends uh, on either side of me at the pole praying. I don't know if my mom came by the school or something because I, I still have a picture in my Bible to this day because of, mm-hmm. of the time in, in high school and realizing standing up for your faith was important. It was one of those challenges that you just go, I know I need to. And I remember those days when the nerves and you know, you're like, man, I know at this high school, when students show up for class, they're gonna be walking by this this flagpole. And you're basically acknowledging your faith in Jesus Christ by standing around a flagpole and praying. And I am so grateful to even have this moment to to talk to you guys now. And I graduated in 2000 and uh, I still remember those days gathering around the, the flagpole.
3: That's amazing. And, and one of my favorite stories with see at the pole Uh, is uh, of a high school in Oklahoma City where a girl got off the school bus and saw the students praying at the flagpole some distance away from where she got off her bus. And she turned around, sat on the curb and began crying. A teacher walked over to her and said, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she said, those kids, and she pointed at the flagpole, they're praying for me. And so to understand that there's an enormous amount of spiritual power that can come from students when they begin to intercede for their class, that girl came to know Christ that morning because the teacher led her to Christ. Wow. And then the teacher could walk her over to that circle and say, this girl, because of your prayers, just ask Jesus into her life. Can you help her get plugged into a church? Can you help her get plugged into a youth group? And so there's something eternal and, and uh, dramatic and supernatural that happens when we pray.
2: And I jumped into full-time youth ministry. It was right within that first year two early days of See at the Pole. And so it had, from the very beginning for me as a youth pastor, it had this aura to it. it. It had this, um, just the sense that God was really breathing life into this, like we've talked about. And what I want to say to people listening, especially um, younger youth workers and people that maybe are newer to youth ministry, is... Uh, we live in an age of, of cynicism and skepticism, and what, what I can tell you, what I've learned about these two guys, about Billy and Doug, and about Seth the Bull, that I think is, to me, the most powerful example is how they've protected, how you guys have protected the purity of this movement, how you've really tried as best as God has been, helped you to do to keep, um, to keep its singular focus, to really keep it on track and to protect it from even being exploited, even financially. Um, The more I've learned about that, the more I've really come to respect uh, and believe that God no doubt has the two of you in these roles to, to protect the purity of it. So if you're listening to this, I just want to say to you, like you may say, well, it's once a year, no big deal. It is a movement that God himself did something that we can't explain that hasn't been able to be controlled. And that's a sign of, like Doug said, another sign of the Holy Spirit moving. But I just want to say thank you to you guys because um, your example of, that, of, of, of shepherding, of, of guarding, and guiding a movement that, that God is clearly still breathing life into is something that, that I respect deeply. And I want our audience to know um, how much we in our organization really appreciate what you've done with See at the Pole.
1: One of the questions that we get from students, from parents, from people that just look at this on a surface level of, is this legal? Is it legal for students to pray on their campus? And I, I see it from a perspective of these students, um, have been told that it's not legal, that, uh, parents look at the culture and, and they see a divide in church and state and schools falling under the state. Uh, So this should not be allowed on on campus. Can you talk about the legality of what CU at the Poll is all about?
0: Well, this is Billy again. I'll say a couple of introductory things and then I'll let Doug handle some of it because he knows a lot more about parts of that than I do. Uh, First of all, just to kind of emphasize, because this has kind of been important to us from the beginning, kind of back to the protecting thing and the purity of it and everything. We really do want this to just be a time to cry out to God to move on campuses. And so I never from the beginning, it wasn't the students in any way, any. And I know in this uh, charged political environment, sometimes this is a surprise for people to hear. It, but this is not a political deal. In fact, right. never in any year has the direction of seat the pole been trying to get prayer back in schools or anything even close to that. In fact, we go so far as from Doug's mm-hmm. office in our office to say hey if the administration's giving you a hard time just humble yourself just go across the street and pray on that curb over there if you, if you need to so we we are not a stand up and fight for your rights uh movement by any means uh at the, and by the way when it began we we didn't have a clue uh we were just telling kids to go show up at school before we started praying we didn't have a clue if it was legal or not so we didn't know that it would be challenged like it was some in the beginning years. And, By God's grace, we come to find out if it's student-led and it's before school, that it is definitely protected. And there's plenty of organizations that will help you with that if your administration's giving you a problem. So come to find out that after it was challenged in a few cities that it it is completely legal. And uh, Doug, Doug, you can comment on some of that.
3: Sure. And that first year when it was national um, in 1991, there were two girls in Metropolis, Illinois, that were actually arrested I have videotape that one of the girls' grandmother took on a VHS tape. It dates back a little ways uh, of, of her, and she's taping her daughter getting handcuffed and led away by the, the sheriff's department to uh, a squad car. And she says, they're arresting the children for praying. And she's saying that while she's filming. So she you can hear her voice um, as she's filming this. And a, a Christian legal group, Uh, stepped into that situation and uh, brought a challenge, a legal challenge, to the principal, the school district, the police department, and the sheriff's department that were all involved in that situation. And uh, the sheriff's department just backed away completely. Uh, But the the principal was a little um, dogmatic about that he told them not to pray, and so they didn't have the right to. Well, he was wrong. And uh, I think in a situation like that, we have to, as adults, step up and defend the freedom of speech that our students have. So uh, that legal group and some others helped pave the way of just an education campaign for school districts and principals, that letters that they sent out every year and uh, reminding them of First Amendment rights that students have. And, uh, and during the Clinton administration, uh, they assembled some legal groups that were some were Christian, some weren't Christian, gathered them together and said, what are appropriate expressions of free speech re, for religious speech on a campus by students? And they specifically said, and this is still on the Department of Education's website, that "See you at the Poll was an example of appropriate uh, expression of, re, of free speech. So it, it, it's very legal for students. Um, and that's been that's been backed up numerous times. Still, we have this, almost what seems to be this phantom doctrine in our country of a separation of church and state. And while there's a place for that idea in the public arena, um, it's not in the Constitution. <laughs> that idea of separation of church and state is something that came from a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote to some to some uh, pastors. At Claim
2: Your Campus here as part of organization, organization, uh, it has been a dream to to have any kind of relationship connection with See at the Pole because of, like we've talked about, how God is is so clearly behind this movement. And so one of the things that's developed here recently is the conversation between Claim Your Campus and See at the Pole. Billy, talk to us a little bit about um, the relationship that's emerging between Claim Your Campus and See at the Pole.
0: We've had a, a lot of things through the years, and and Doug will probably almost laugh when he, he reflects back through many of them. Uh, things contacting us wanting to kind of link up but so many of them have a slightly different All oh, great causes I mean I, I can't think of hardly any that Doug and I weren't completely behind their cause, but they weren't dire- necessarily directly related to what the vision was behind and, and the original students uh, even in and see at the poll and in fact we just got one of these recently you know people want to know what what will give them the the mail list or the email list or any part of the seat at the po list for and just name your price type calls, you know, and even good friends from other ministries. And one of the best answers Doug and I can give them is look, even though all that information is on our computers, our own ministries have never mailed or emailed anything to those customers. The bottom line is it's not for sale. (laughs) Uh, That's the reason, you know, we've always wanted to be real careful of of anything that that we hooked up with or linked up with that they're shared a lot of common vision and heart behind. And that's what's so cool about Claim Your Campus, just wanting to impact a local campus for the glory of God and wanting students to daily be communing with God in some form, some kind of devotions or meeting together, praying together, uh, just seeking to grow together and to reach their campus for the glory of God. And Claim Your Campus has done so many things so effectively. And uh, you guys know right off the bat, I fell in love with your app and how you could instantly go to the app and see every high school in in america and you can register your group on that school and see what's going on at other schools and so just the vision that you guys have uh so so well lined up with what we were doing we thought wow if this is the spark maybe this is one avenue students can go to kind of keep it going on their campus Uh, so it really got us excited
3: yeah i'll just echo that Um, Again, we use the words moment to movement. See at the poll is once a year. We've never felt a release from the Holy Spirit to do more than promote just a simple, pure uh, week that is a global week of student prayer. And uh, at the same time, the heart behind it is that it would be uh, a springboard to ministry that happens throughout the year. And so, really, what Claim Your Campus represents is another pure way of just calling students to pray by praying each of the five days of the week and having a team of kids on the campus that are praying every day. Well, (laughs) what happens when that happens? If prayer, in part at least, is us positioning and turning our ears to the Lord so He can speak to us, it makes perfect sense to me that if students are listening five days a week throughout the entire year, instead of just during this once a year event, that is the opportunity to follow in obedience what God wants to do uh, for them to uh, build the kingdom on their campus. And so we're thrilled to partner together. And I guess i just add one other thing here. And we have uh, youth pastors that are skeptical about See at the Pole. And uh, I know there are campuses every year where students gather that, they don't quite have the perspective. Maybe they haven't been taught or maybe they just don't get it. And it's just a, it's a show. They gather, they eat their donuts, they drink the orange juice, and they go off to campus, and it doesn't mean anything. And um, so understandably, then youth pastors might look at that and go, wow, um, that's, not, that's not very impressive. And when that happens, then I guess I would challenge that youth pastor to say, as you are reflecting on what's happened how can you take this idea of encouraging students to pray and do something with it because if it's called something else and it has a different way of looking on the campus and it's prayer and it's students praying for their friends and interceding for their friends and listening to god i'm all for it and if it isn't connected to see at the poll then that's perfectly fine with me but don't miss the idea of the importance of praying and encouraging students to pray for their friends. That's the heart behind
0: it.
2: So, Billy, give us some of your thoughts on what you would say to youth pastors, to students, to parents listening about if the Poll 2018.
0: Part of our emphasis this year, and and there was even some discussion early on uh, with our theme being broken this year, uh, would somebody think that they're just thinking that we're broken or the system is broken or, you know, take it the the wrong way, uh, like there's not hope or, or things can't be fixed. Our, our, that's not what we're talking about at all. What we're talking about is us being broken for the climate in which we're in. I, I don't guess in my whole lifetime, and certainly students' lifetime, there may have never been a more divided, hateful, I don't even know all the words to describe all that's going on in the climate, and the political climate right now. And mm-hmm. if there was ever a time we needed to cry out to God, and you know, there's all sorts of different quotes about people that... The darker times are is when the light shines the brightest and it's sad. It's really heartbreaking, but it seems like the years that see the pole is the strongest is when our country's in bigger trouble. I mean, after nine eleven, see the pole just skyrocketed. There is a great need for us to just desperately, humbly be broken before God and any of us, whether you're young, I don't care if you're in your 60s. Uh, there's something to be said about any of us just getting on our face and being broken before God for for the power of the Holy Spirit to really work within us. And for students just crying out to God that He'll move on their campus. And there's nothing more powerful than them pulling up to school and seeing friends broken before God, crying out to God, even on their behalf, that He would come down and move in a mighty way in their generation, starting on their campus.
1: So we've been talking about how See You at the poll has been basically a movement on its own for the last almost 30 years. And just recently, you guys are deciding to partner with us, an, a, a separate organization with the same heartbeat. And we are thrilled to be able to uh, join you in this partnership. And we've been working on a mobile app so that both aspects of ministries are represented into smartphones and students are able to not only access their school, but also claim that they are uh, praying, um, not even like claim your campus, but showing up at their, their flagpole and uh, and seeing stories and tracking stories about what's happening around the country. Doug, do you want to share more of what, what they can find there at CU at the poll 2018?
3: Yeah, it's interesting that historically, I think it was a hist- A uh, revival historian by the name of Richard Lovelace that said that the stories that are told from one place of revival and then shared in other places are the largest human factor in the spread of revival. And we really dream—it's always been my dream in the 40-plus years that I've been in youth ministry—that this would be the generation that helps bring in and is at the vanguard of a moral and spiritual awakening in our country. And being part of what God's doing to finish the job of the Great Commission around the world, I believe this is the generation we're working with. That potential is there, and so when when students share stories of what God does in one place, that's the purpose of this um, See with the Pole 2018 connection. And we'll link that from the See you at the Pole website. But uh, and I'm sure you're from CYC, you'll do the same thing. But to to be able to share stories and accounts of what God did encourages people when they read that in other places and it's it helps spread the vision it helps spread that sense of expectation uh, that god's going to move and so those stories really make a difference so we're thrilled to partner together and they'll be able to share their location Um, they can even enter it if it's outside the united states and they could uh, send in pictures uh, of that as well and then that gives us a chance to just share those on our social media um, and uh, the websites that we have. So we've
2: got something present here that we're working on together, and that's been mentioned this this web link that's very mobile friendly. So when students or those of you that are adults are listening uh, on the day of see at the poll, this is going to be released on the day. this is you're listening to this the day before see at the poll, if you're listening to this when it's released. but see you at the poll 2018 com is the website see at the poll 2018. com and when you go there, You'll be able to tell your story, and I think as Doug mentioned, that's a powerful part of when God moves is to just share. It may not even seem like this big, you know, earth-shattering moment when you gather together, but the power of presence, of being there is so important, so we want to encourage you to go to that website, even look it up now, get ready for that moment, see at poll 2018com The other exciting part of what we're doing together between See at the Pole and Claim Your Campus is... Within the next few months, uh, we are working. We're totally redoing our app at Claim Your Campus. We're we're working on it together with See at the Poll, and in 2019, we're excited to say now that we will have um, a co-branded app on any app store you can go to, and it will be able to to do all this stuff. And as Doug mentioned, this powerful uh, phrase, turning a moment into a movement. When you look at what See at the Poll is doing with this. Incredible worldwide uh, annual prayer moment, which we haven't mentioned, but it it really, it is the largest prayer moment and movement still in the world today. And to take that and then to follow up with Claim Your Campus to make that a movement with a weekly commitment from students to show up once a week. We just want to encourage you as you're listening to this to to continue to move forward and, and to do that.
0: I'm a big, this is Billy, I'm a big believer that, in fact, my daughter's the main one that reminds me of it all the time that God is writing a huge story. You could look at it multiple ways, but maybe you could see it as a big painting and he's painting on a big canvas. Mm-hmm. And that every single one of us are somewhere in that picture. Even if you're not a believer yet and you're listening to this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, every one of us are in it somewhere. And I think Doug and I would say, we just both feel honored and privileged that God let us be a That's little right. part somewhere, somehow of the Sea of the Pole story. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I still don't completely get it. <laughs> Uh, And yet, it just seems like God continues to use it. And uh, we we feel honored to have been able to be a a part of of the story. It's been really cool. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.
2: So we're in the bonus segment. We're going to be adding this every week, quick updates about something really exciting that we're working on that we want you to know about. We mentioned this back in episode 408, something called Claim Your Campus 2020, an event that's happening in the summer of the year 2020. And it is an event that has a really uh, unique vision to it. It's, it's It's a vision to gather students from around the country. We're talking about tens of thousands of students and seeing them mobilized to go back to their school and see uh, God's love change each and every school campus in America. And we're excited, Jason, each and every episode to give you little insights and updates on the journey as we go there. We're hosting it as an organization, this event called Claim Your Campus 2020, but many other organizations, denominations are on board. You're going to be hearing from some of them leaders, some of their leaders in this. You're going to be hearing from Uh, about and even directly from some of the artists and speakers that will be there with us but we're excited to go on this journey and this little bonus segment will be updates and we want you to join us and follow us as we uh, together really dream about this amazing event where students will be gathering from around the country in the year 2020.
1: So if it's going to be an update what would our listeners need to know like um, when it's going to happen?
2: Yep they would. It would be happening in the year 2020. Okay,
1: so they can just mark their entire calendar. Yeah, the whole year. Claim your
2: campus. Yeah, we can probably give them the date now. We'll release that. How about that? And then next week, we'll talk about where and Okay. so yeah. forth and so on. So mark your calendars right now, July 4th weekend in the year 2020. July 4th is on a Saturday, so July 3rd, July 4th, July 5th. Mark it out. Be there.
1: And so we're not going to tell them where. We're not not going to tell them the cost. We're not going to tell them who's going to be there. Not yet. We're not going to tell them whether there's fireworks or not. Not yet. Okay. Um, We're not going to tell them if they should bring a friend or not.
2: Yeah, they should bring a friend.
1: Oh, so we can give them that update. Yeah, we can. Okay, you can bring a friend. and if
2: Just make sure you bring a real friend. A real friend. B-A-R-F.
1: Yeah, so I think that's a, that's a significant amount of information to give them.
2: Yeah, that's a good start. So thanks for joining us. We'll give you more information next episode.